so he told them, tonight my angel will pass over you. For I destroy the firstborn of Egypt. But he says, upon your doorsteps and your doorposts, I want you to kill blood, I mean to kill a lamb and put and sprinkle the blood on those doorsteps. And then he says, it shall be that if my angel, when my angel passes over and he sees the blood on the doorpost, he shall pass over you. Very well, the children of Israel did so. But God said to Moses, this that you do shall be a remembrance forever. For this shall be a commemoration that the Lord delivered you out of your slavery. And then he said to call that day in their celebration the Passover. And every single year on certain days, for 14 days, they would celebrate Passover because that is the day, the night that the angel passed over them. So they want to teach that to generation after generation, generation after generation, telling their children that there was a night when the angel of the Lord passed throughout the land and killed every firstborn of Egypt, but he spared us, but he saved us. And God said, make sure that these things, you remember them, you never forget it. Unbeknownst to Moses, there was the real and the true Passover that was to come. About 3,000, 4,000 years after that day, there comes a man called Jesus. And he walks the streets of Galilee saying, I am the Son of God. Imagine, imagine a man coming out of nowhere, nowhere. And he says, I am the son of God and I've been sent as a sacrifice for mankind. This is a man. When you looked at him, there was nothing about him that was different. Yet he was saying, I am the son of man. If you believe in me, I will save you from your sins. Well, he walked the streets of Galilee for 33 years and he went telling that story. Many did not believe. You know, when Jesus was born, only a handful of people knew. Only a handful of people knew. Very few people. The, you, you know, you would think, you would think that somebody as great as Jesus and his birth the whole world would know about it yet only a few knew about it so he was unknown to many one day one man sees him John the Baptist and he looks at him and says that is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world
It always strikes me because I think to myself, what could have John seen in Jesus? What could he have seen in Jesus that would make him even to utter such a statement? This is the Lamb of God that takes away. He was speaking to Jewishness, so they understood what that meant because the Jews were waiting for a Messiah, for a Savior, for one who would be King and Lord over them. So they knew when was it, this is the Lamb of God. All these years, all these generations, they've been offering to God lambs, sheep, cows. But here's this one who would be the sacrifice. He dies. Finally. He dies. But in his death, he tells them, on the third day, I will rise again. He prophesied his death and he prophesied his resurrection. Think about this. He is a man. Nothing, nothing about him says this man is a savior. Nothing about him. Some, you know, because we live in a time where Jesus was not physically alive. We think that there would be something recognizable about him that would signify that this is the Son of God. Absolutely not. You know, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed by the devil. He was anointed by God, right? Now, there are many men today who are anointed by God. Take me for instance. I'm anointed by God. But there is nothing about me until you see its demonstration that would say this man is anointed if I, if if we walk in a mall there would be no telling that this man has been anointed by the spirit of god so what would make jesus different nothing he was a man when you looked at it you saw a man you saw a human being yet he said i am the lamb i am the savior that's what he said. I am the sinner. <clears throat> what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? Told them, I am going to die. And he died. He told them, I am going to be raised from the dead. And he was raised from the dead. They didn't believe that he was going to die. They didn't believe it. But he said, I am going to die. Keep playing, brother. He said, I am going to die. He died. If he said he was going to die and he died, they should have believed him when he said, I will rise again. Because he told them, I am going to die. And he died. And he told him, I'm going to rise again. And he rose again. He rose again. Paul says, if Christ be not risen, our faith is in vain. You know, many people don't know. They say they are Christian. But they don't really know what they believe in. They don't know. But if you get asked, are you a Christian? They'll say, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. 
And so we are gathered here today for the next few days because of that special event that actually took place 2,000 years ago. That's why we are gathered here. To commemorate, to reflect, to reflect, to meditate, and to celebrate the death of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I hope you have your Bibles, all right? I hope you have your Bibles. For the next three days, I want to talk to you about God's eternal plan for mankind. We are human beings. Somebody must have made us, okay? Right? There's, there's no car that has made itself. There's no chair that has made itself. Therefore, there is no human that has made him or herself. So, we must be products of somebody's mind. We must be products of somebody's agenda. And that is God. So he has a plan for mankind. Hallelujah. So for the next three days we'll begin to discuss that. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, the book of beginnings. 
says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So there's nothing on earth today that is not created by God. Again? Right? So the earth, you go and bury your family, your friends, is God's. This is God's land. Right? This is God's land. So nothing, for instance, you can't build on another man's land and get away with it. Right? If, if, if you were to build on a man's land without the right documentation, you will be rendered a criminal. True? So anybody that claims rights over this earth without God's approval is a criminal. Thank you, Jesus. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Please read Psalm 24. The book of Psalm, chapter number 24. Psalm 24. You found it? You found it? Yeah. Alright. You won't find it if your Bible is only New Testament, okay? So, Psalm 24, 1. Please read it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. We'll try again. <laughs> Read verse 1 again. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Here in front they are not reading. I don't know why. Here, this front. I can only hear from the back. So let's read again. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness in it. The world and those who dwell therein. Again, read again, read again. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So, 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 what is the Lord's? The earth. Number two, the world. And number three, the seas. I'll ask the question again. What is the Lord's? The earth. Yeah. The world. Yeah. And those who dwell therein. So. The Lord's is the earth, right? The world and all who dwell in it. That means the animals, the humans, the insects, the trees, whatever is in the world is the Lord's. Whatever is in the earth is the Lord's. You saw that? So. You are the Lord's. If you are alive today and you are on earth today, you are the Lord's. That means God has full ownership over you. Every part of you. 
is the Lord's. Your eyes, your ears, your mouth. God said this to Moses. When Moses said, I, I can't speak, I'm a stammerer. God said, it is I who make the eyes to see. He said, it is I who makes the mouth to speak. So that mouth you're using is the Lord's. Those legs you walk on like they are yours is the Lord's. Is the Lord. So if you are the Lord's, it must mean there is a plan. There is a plan. Somewhere, somehow, there is a plan. Right? God never does anything without a plan. He never initiates something without having laid out a plan before. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain, they that build it. So, there are men today who build their lives without the blueprints from God. Right? You don't need a plan to build a shed. You don't need a plan. Right? All you need is just a mind, few nails, some zinc, and you're good to go. In the same way, any life without God's plan is a shandy in construction. Shandies don't have foundations. Shakes don't have foundations. Amen? They don't have foundations. It is the same with every life that is not founded on the blueprint of God. No matter how big, the Bible says this, Jesus says this, he says, what shall it profit a man that he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? What gain is there in having all there is in the world? You'll lose your soul. So there must be more to life, right? There must be more to life than waking up in the morning, hanging around with friends, going to find work, like struggling to find work, <laughs> uh, going to school, making babies. There must be more to life than that. If that's all there is to life, life is not worth living. Life is not worth, that means we are robots. We are robots. But there is a plan. So I hope in these next few minutes I can begin to enlighten your minds about this plan. Because God has a plan. Genesis. Chapter 1, verse 1 again. In the beginning, God created the yeah, and the earth. Let's go to verse 26. Verse 26. Yeah, verse 26, everybody. Then God said, 
Let us make men in our image after our likeness, so that they may be all dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle and over the livestock and over all the earth. Amen. Amen. Since I have inside how you read your textbooks. So he says, in, and God said, God, who said it? God. So man is God's idea. Right? Man is God's idea. So we are all products of an idea from God. Everybody that's alive today is an idea from God. The Bible says, children are a heritage from the Lord. And quivers, quivers, arrows in the storehouse of a man. So, God said, let's make men, men, let's make men in our image and after our likeness. So when God made men, he made him to look like him. So you look like God. You look like God. Our diversity. Our diversity. Together forms the image of God. Our diversity. There is no one human being on this earth that is alive. None. Yet each one carries an image, a DNA of God. So you are the part of God that looks like them. You understand that? You, you get that? So someone may ask, how does God look? God has many sided forms. The Bible says the angels cannot look at his glory without seeing a different glory. So every time they look, it has changed. Every time they look, it has changed. That's why the angels, even Jesus, no one has ever seen God. Because he's too hard to see. You, you get that? He's too hard to see because, because one moment he looks like Mike, one moment he looks like Tembi. And it is as though he never looked like that. Yet he is. <laughs> so our diversity expresses the reality of God. So when you ask, how does God look? He looks like me. You see that? You can say, oh, I born. You can say he looks like me too. And you wouldn't be wrong. You see that? So you are made in the image of God. If I am made in the image of God, created in the likeness of God, God must have a plan for me. God must have a plan. And that plan was not to attend church. <laughs> Amen. That plan was not to attend church. That plan was not to attend church. You get that? Not to attend church. There is there is the church and there is attending church. 
attending church is a religious act that you do. It is not God's plan. Yeah, you say we must not attend church. We all know. We all know. Church is a school. Is it is is it is it the desire of your parents for you to live in your school? Let's make men. Let's start it. So let's talk about plan A. Alright? Plan A. The original plan. Okay? The original because Genesis speaks about the original plan, the original intent. Okay? So in the beginning, let's read it. I mean, I mean uh, uh, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Then he says, let them have dominion, control over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every cattle and everything that creeps on the earth. Now, I want to show you some, something there, something remarkable there in the book of Genesis. Okay? Pronto, o Pastor. Genesis. I want you to read from verse 6. No, let me read it for you because you're too slow. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. So the waters were already there in the earth. Right? Right? Okay. Verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Where do the waters come from? Revelation. God's plan A. The what's are God's plan A, alright? Because God, Jesus is not God's original plan. He is a substitutionary plan. Why do you You always start with the best. In football, the managers, the coaches, will always put the best players first. And then, somewhere during the game, he would call for a substitution. Because you might find that maybe player Ella is not fulfilling the demands of the manager. So he subs him in hopes that the one that he's substituting will do a better job than he. Right? But he did not put the one that he hoped will do a better job than the one who started the game. What was fault with the coach? He had faith in this one that started first. He had faith, he believed, he had hoped that this one will fulfill what was in my mind in the game. You understand that? 
So he's starting. He puts him in the starting lineup. And then throughout the game, he monitors him how well he fares based on the instructions that he has given him. If he stops doing that or he gets tired or he fails to meet the instruction, warm up, warm up, warm up, warm up. So before God made Adam, Jesus was already warming up. You understand that? He was already warming up, not so that he can come, but in case. In case. So Jesus is not the original plan of God for man. He is the substitutionary plan. Because we must ask ourselves, all of you, all of you know about Adam and Eve. All of you were taught that some bachelor's child, bachelor, what, what, bachelor, fruit, right? You all know that. If they had not eaten, what would have happened? If they were not eaten, there would be no need for a death. There would be no need for a resurrection. So all those things were done as a substitutionary initiation. But in God's mind, when he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Domin- dominion means control. You, can, you don't dominate or you don't have dominion or sub- subduing power over something that does not need control. So that means there must have been something that God created man for. That man was supposed to fulfill in God's plan, in God's original plan for him. He said, let them have dominion. Over what? He says the fish. So is Adam supposed to go now and go into the ocean and exercise his control? It's Cody. God is revealing secrets in Genesis. That when you read like that, you think, oh, God is talking about fish of the sea, birds of the air. No. He said, let him have dominion. Domin- dominion. You know what dominion is? Dominion is what the president of Syria is doing now in Syria. It means to oppress, to bring under subjection. So when he made men, he made men to do something. To control. To control. To control what? To control the right hand of God. So I, I, wanna, I want you to read, I, I want to read you this portion of scriptures in Genesis to explain something to you. Because Adam did not need the name of Jesus to have dominion in the garden. Because God never said, let them have dominion in my name. He said, let them have dominion. He's his very essence as a man gave him dominion. Because he was a human being, he had dominion. Not because of who his name was, but because of who he was. He was a man. He was not a donkey. He was not a cattle. He was a man. So he says, and darkness was on the face of the waters. On the waters, the, where did the waters come from? 
Because God made the earth to resemble heaven. But in heaven there is no sea. There is no sea in heaven. Let me show you. Revelations. Thank you, dear Lord. <laughs> Chapter 21, verse 1. I want to show you the earth that God created in verse 1 is different than the state of the earth in verse 2. Because in verse 2, the Bible says, there was water on the face of the deep. But the, the, the earth that God created in verse 1 had no sea. Verse 1, chapter 21. Revelations. Are you there? Please read it. I saw, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Where did the sea go? Where did the sea go? The earth's landmass is surrounded by the sea. There is more sea than there is land. But in Revelation 21, there is more land than sea. The only thing that is existent in Revelations, in the new earth and in the new heaven, is the river of life. And in the river of life, we do not hear about any creatures in it. So when God creates this man, he says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. Both the fish and the birds come from the waters. What's happening? What's his plan? What is his agenda? What is this thing that God had in mind for man? How many of you have been to the beach or seen the beach? Let's stick with C. <laughs> because at least you can see it without having been there. So how many of you have seen the beach? You've seen it, maybe on TV or the magazine, somewhere. On TV, somewhere. How many are still wishing? I'm guilty. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I was thinking to myself the other day. I, I was thinking to myself, I said, Lord, how can I live and die in this one place? It's Adamic syndrome. <laughs> you know why I say it's Adamic syndrome? Because Adam was given dominion over the whole earth, yet he lived, died in Eden. At least he died in Eden. Some of us are dying somewhere. <laughs> no, I was like, you know, that trouble the world at least. You know? Praise the Lord. So you've seen the sea, right? 
When you look at the sea, it's very daunting, very intimidating, very powerful. Its very presence would make you feel. Yet if you stand on the shoreline, on the beach line, it may come roaring. It may come powerfully. But it almost loses its strength as it reaches land. It loses its strength. As it reaches land, you, you can see the waves coming in, coming in. As they reach the beach, it loses its power. Yet this thing is so powerful, it, it can cover the earth in a moment. What's stopping it from crossing over? We are told that the earth is 80% sea. But it is not powerful enough to cross over the land. Every time we see the seas crossing over is when the earth has been angered by men. That's what judgment is all about. But other than that, we've never seen it. We've never seen it. And in Genesis chapter 8, when God destroys the earth, he does not bring the waters from the sea. The Bible says he breaks and brings forth the waters from the earth. Because you know the world has been destroyed before, right? In history, we are taught about Hitler, right? We are taught about apartheid, right? Some of you were not alive when that was going on. So you can say, no, what not give feeling, so it was not the Right? But the testimony of God is greater than the testimony of man. So the Bible says, the earth was destroyed at one point. Why didn't God use the ocean to destroy it? He used rain. Bible says a flood, rain. And then he used the waters that were from the very earth. Yet he could have just told the seas to come over. He didn't use the sea. <laughs> so Adam was born to dominate the sea, to control the oceans. Why the oceans? <laughs> Why the oceans? They read the name of Jesus every initial vow of things of things where of things in heaven in earth and under under the earth you know what's under the earth is the sea is the sea the bible says the realm of the day which is under the sea is naked before the lord that's in job So the sea is powerful but cannot cross over. I'm going somewhere, right? But I think you can get the gist now. So in 21, 1, we don't see the sea. But in 1, 2, we see the sea. You saw that? 
So that tells us that the state of the earth when God, God created the heavens and the earth had no sea. So the sea must have come from somewhere. Okay, Genesis, go back. And all this is connected to Jesus. You there? The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 4 says, And God saw light and was good, and God divided the light from darkness. And then verse 6 says, God said, Let there be a firmament in the heavens, or let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. A firmament is a dome, right? It's a dome. So he said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Hmm. Who's saying this? God. What we read here is what God was doing in Genesis. And he says, let, let, let it what? Divide the waters from the waters. Then... God made the firmament, verse 7, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which above the which is which were above the firmament. So I'll tell, we will see what the firmament is. And it was so. And God called the firmament what? And God called the firmament what? Heaven. He called it what? Heaven. He called it what? Heaven. He called the firmament what? Heaven. He called the firmament what? Heaven. <laughs> so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. So here's what's happening here. Right? The Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters. God says, let me make a dividing line, a firmament, a dome. And he called that dome heaven. So the purpose of this heaven, this firmament, was to divide the waters under the earth and the waters above the earth. So, according to Genesis, there is water up there. According to Genesis, not to your school books, to Genesis. And according to Genesis, this dividing line, this dividing line, called heaven divides the waters that we call sea today and the waters that are above and god says let what let what be gathered into one place the waters be gathered into one place and let what dry land appear which is called earth so there's no ball you are seeing there. What you are seeing there is a flat disk, a flat plain, a flat plateau filled with water. So it is the earth that gives shape to what? The heavens. So the shape of the earth is not round, but it is. Because he says, let dry land appear. Okay, I'll show you one, one last thing. Peter, Peter, second Peter, second Peter, 
Sega was an water kitty baby. Just kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm just joking, okay? Second Peter chapter 3. Chapter 3. You there? Yeah. Alright. From verse uh, Let me read from verse 1. What I want to read is in verse 5. Beloved, now I write to you the second epistle in which both I stir up your minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the word which was spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation so he said in the last days you know there will be those because some of us are preaching a second coming some of us are saying jesus is coming back jesus is coming back he said there will be those who walk according to their own lusts who, who will be mocking us saying you've been saying this one has been coming back when is he coming since everything is continuing as normal from the beginning of creation. Now, Peter's argument is this. In verse 5 says, For this they willfully forget. Mm. Notice, they have the knowledge of his second coming. But they willfully forget it. Ah. Ah. That by the word of God, the heavens of old mm. and the earth. The, the, the heavens of old and the earth. The heavens of old and the earth. So the earth is connected to the heavens. Yep. <laughs> That's it. So earth and heaven is not distant from each other. Because some of us, when we think about heaven, we are thinking, oh, it's going in far. No. No. A thousand times, no. I will show you just now that earth and heaven are actually connected to each other like this. I'll show you in the Bible. In the Bible. Okay? For this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens of old and the earth. I want you to read that last part. Standing out of the water and in the water. So the earth standing out of the water and in the water. So the earth is standing out of the water and in the water. It's like a boat. Have you ever seen a boat? A boat is not in, is in the water, but it's out. You get that? So this, he says the earth is standing out of the water, but in the water. In the water because it's surrounded by the waters. You following me now, right? You, there's understanding. It's Bible knowledge. I know it might disagree with your books, but this is Bible knowledge. So the earth standing in the waters, in the waters, and out the waters, were divided by God. So God called, I'll show you Genesis. Go back to Genesis again. Oh, but it's round. It's not round. From there is it round. <laughs> <laughs> and God 
called the dry land earth. Do you see that? And the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw it was good. So in Genesis 1 1, we see in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But now we see the naming of it. God calls the dome heaven. He calls the gathering of the waters seas. Something that is not included in the creation in Genesis 1 1. In, and then he calls what? The land that appears. He calls it what? Earth. Where is it appearing from? The waters. It is appearing from the waters because it's on and in the waters. So if it's appearing from the waters, that is to tell us that the waters were intrusion in the earth. They came in illegally. Because why did God need to call the heavens out of the seas? And that part he called earth. He says that is earth. So whatever water was there that God separated to that other side was there illegal. In, and God said, let us make men in our image. Let them have dominion over the sea we have separated. Why? Because the sea is a separate creation. The sea was not created by God. God did not create the earth, the sea, and the, earth, and, and the heavens. He created the heavens and the earth. So you will see in Genesis when God recreates, he partitions the seas and the earth and the heaven. So it's not something God created because in Revelation 21, 1, it says there was no more sea there. So the sea did not belong there. Because God said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He did not say in the beginning, God created the heavens, the earth, and the seas. So the earth God created had no sea. But now there is a sea. And God must do something about that sea. He is God. He does not need to rule. Listen. He is God. Being God means he exists by himself. He does not need you to be who he is. You don't make him God. Some people think by your gentle favor when they worship him. You don't make him. Your worship doesn't make him. He was already God before you were born. He's God. So being God, he does not need to rule. So because the sea was a creation that God did not create and was not part of his plan, he needed somebody to rule him. But you can say they are angels, Lord. Sir, the angels were supposed to... No, there was a breach in the angelic order. Angels had failed. God could not now trust angels. Mm. He can't trust angels. Satan was an angel. So, if, if here's the thing. If one part fails, here's how God is. God is not a... a a segregationalist. If you fail, you all fail with God. If one, if one fail, all fail. Mm. So when the angels failed, God said, I can't trust them anymore with power, with authority. But there is the sea. The sea is the problem in creation. Because it gave God an extra day that was not supposed to be there. 
That is why when, when God creates man, he takes back that day by resting on the seventh day. Because the day in which he worked to partition the seas was a work day that he was not supposed to do. So the seventh day is there as God's rest day to what? To mine us. <laughs> so he put Adam in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. Okay. So let's read verse 36 again. <laughs> and God said, because it was God that partitioned the sea, only someone like him could deal with it. Read it. Let us make men in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the sea. Over the sea. Then he says, over the air. Now, he says the birds of the air. The birds were not made from the air. They were made from the sea. The air is that part that God divided. You follow? Yes. Okay. And over the earth. So, now what happened? God gave this man dominion over sea. He first starts with sea. And then air, heaven, and then earth. How? Is that so? So man has dominion in heaven. Oh, yes. 14. <laughs> 14. Genesis 14. But no, chapter 1, 14. Please read. And God said, Yeah. Let there be light in the expanse of the heavens. Let there be light where? Expanse of the heavens. In the firmament. Remember the firmament? Remember the firmament? Yes. What was the firmament? It was a dome that divided the waters from beneath and the waters from above. And God says, Let there be what? Light. Where? In the firmament. Not out the firmament. Oh. In the firmament. Read it. Read it. In the spouse, the feminine, no. in the feminine. So, wherever the stars, the lights are, they are within the dome. Yes, they are within the dome. Mm -hmm. Yep, read. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and seasons. And for days and years. But these stars, these stars, is the sun, is the moon, and the stars. He says, where are they? In the firmament. So wherever they are, they are not up, 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 that you cannot reach. Because they are in the dome that covers the waters beneath. You following me? They are in the dome that covers the waters beneath. So, this is the dome that covers the earth. There is only one person that has ever left the earth. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. 
The Bible says he is our high priest who has passed through the heavens. Only he was legalized to pass through the heavens. <laughs> My God. Ever since Satan fell, he never left the earth. He can't leave it. He cannot leave the earth. Read Revelation chapter 12. He's cast down. He does not have wings to fly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 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 I forgot my train of thought. What was I saying? Jesus is the What was I saying? Amen. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. There was something happened just now that made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> so, heaven is not a place that is detached from earth. It is attached to earth by the firmament. Yep. Okay. Genesis, we're still there. So we're looking at God's plan A. Genesis. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God for I know you've never heard this, eh? <laughs> because I've also never heard it. <laughs> Me and you are the same. I'm hearing it for the very first time in my life. <laughs> because that's the thing. God gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. You see, He gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Sometimes, if He finds a vessel through which to speak, He will speak things beyond my mind's comprehension. That's what He's doing now. Because I'm teaching you like this, but inside I'm also being taught. I'm like, what's this? What's this? I'm, I'm as shocked as you. That's why I love being a pastor, because it's the only thing you can do in the world without having to prepare. Because you've got one inside who's always prepared. Ah, glory. Hey. Amen. Amen. I'm not sure if you heard what I just said to you. <laughs> I'm not sure. The sun is here. It's not there, there, there. It's here. I'm, I'm teaching you spirit science. This is the science of God. The Bible says the, the sun runs its circuit from day to night. It does not fail. God says if you will break the my covenant with the sun and my covenant with the moon so that it shall not bring daylight and bring night light. He says, then I shall break my covenant with you. So God has a covenant with the sun and with the moon. He cannot break it. It's a contract. The sun in all his existence has never failed to rise. <laughs> it's on a second. Every day, it's on a journey from one part of the earth to the other. What's moving? The sun. The sun is moving. The earth has never moved. The earth has never, the only time the earth will move is when the Lord comes back and puts his foot on the mountain of the Never moved. Never moved. Never moved. 
So the sun is on a circle. If you read Joshua chapter 10, the Bible says, and Joshua said to the sun, sun, stand still. He didn't say earth, stand still. Yeah. <laughs> Our science teaches us that it is what? It is the earth that's revolving around the sun. The sun is stationary. Why? Because they want to make the sun God. Yet it is God who was a star breather. That ball of flame you see there came from the mouth of God. And God said to Adam, rule death. That's why Joshua could say, Sam, stand still. Moon, stand still. And the Bible says, they stood. They did not move. And it was remembered forever. That's why in June and in December, there are days that are longer than any other day. Mm. It's because of that day. <laughs> Who stopped it? Was it God? No. no. Yet the Bible says God was in the fight in Joshua chapter 10. Yet he did not stop the sun. Joshua did. When Moses was crying to the children, to God, to save the children of Israel, God said to Moses, why are you crying? Why are you praying? Tell my people to go forth. Then he said, you stretch your head and divide the sea. Ah. Why didn't God say, I will divide the sea for you? So I said, I will divide the sea for you. Rabbana mudimuta udire. Pray is not so that God can do anything for you. We don't pray that God does anything for us. That kind of prayer is a religious kind of praying. Because in the garden, there was no prayer Adam made to God to request for anything. What did Adam ask for God that he did not have? The only time Adam started asking was when he was out the garden. Mm. <sighs> Thank you, Spirit of God. So today I learned the sun is right here. You can reach where the sun is, where the stars are. They are not too far away from you. Because the sun of righteousness is also not too far away from you. The sun and the moon, brothers and sisters, the heavens are in the earth. Matthew, 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 Matthew. Matthew. Matthew chapter number three. Matthew chapter, oh, thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Matthew 3, verse 16. Please read it. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. Did you see that? Did you see that? When did the heavens open for Jesus? When he came up from the waters. And where was the heaven that opened? In the earth. In the earth. In the earth, the heaven opened. What was he talking about when he was saying the heaven opened? The firmament. This dome that shelters us. He's the one that it op he opened. 
And they heard a voice. Read it, read it, read it. Yes, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove on him, and suddenly a voice came from where? From heaven, from the firmament. So God opened, opened the firmament, and voice spoke. Heaven is not too far. Listen, brothers and sisters, where earth ends, heaven begins. is my throne. Earth is my footstool. So where does the heaven ends? Where the dome is. Where, that's where the earth ends. Where the earth ends, where the dome is, heaven begins. So in the garden, okay, we'll get there. Hallelujah. Let's go back. So, are you convinced? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heaven and earth are not distant. They are connected. Hallelujah. Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. I gotta say this. You liking it? Yeah. Very much. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Oh, fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea. The birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So you can say that God said to them, have dominion over the sea, over the air, and over the earth. That was God's instruction to the first man. So when God created Adam, it was not so because God wanted a family. It was because he wanted a vice regent. You know what's a regent? An authoritarian. One a king sends to run his errands in a far land. Because the earth was physical. God is spirit. So he says, I must make another physical meat that is resembling what? My spirit meat. To rule in the earth but he will rule by my word so he creates them man male and female so man is male and female so when we talk about men we're not talking about men without women you understand that so when you say man we are talking male and female two verse seven chapter two genesis chapter two we get into the nice things now You there? Two verse seven. Please read it. And the 
Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had the garden in the east, and they put the man in form. So, so I want to correct something there, right? God made the man before he made Eden. So I used to think that God made Eden first and then he made the man. But the, the verse tells us that God made the man first. Right? He made him first and then he planted the garden. Right? Yep, we do. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spread. Verse 7, verse 8. It's verse 8 now. Let's read verse 8. He planted a garden where? In Eden. Eastward, in Eden. So, 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 there was a place called Eden. And God planted a garden there. Right? Eastward, in Oh, I feel the Spirit of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. He planted a garden east in Eden. So Eden was a city in the earth mm. yeah. where God geolocated the man, transported the man by what? By the planting of the garden. So God makes man and he put him in a garden in Eden. So the, a garden was a small section in Eden where God put the man whom he had formed. But isn't it interesting that in that Eden, Eden was walled, was fenced. The Bible says there were cherubims guarding the gates of Eden. Against what? Against what? Against what? Something is wrong. Something is wrong because God seems to be protecting the man from a threat. A threat because he gives him authority beforehand. So if God gives you authority, that means there is a threat coming. There is something that is coming to threaten your property. God wants Adam in by a garden in Eden. Read. <laughs> Read. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. He, he made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight, yeah? And, and good for food. And good for food. Yeah. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. Yeah. The tree of the knowledge of good and I want to show you something quickly, right? Genesis chapter 22. Quickly, please. Is the last. Just flip to the last page. Last page of the book. The last page of the book. That side. Revelations. Oh. Sorry. Revelations 22. So we're playing Revelations. Genesis. Genesis. Beginning. It's beginning and end. Amen. 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 22. 22, verse 1. 
If it showed me a what? Okay, so let's do this. You guys this side go back, stay in Genesis, right? You stay in Revelations. Okay? This side, Revelations, this side, go back to Genesis. We are an earthing treasure. So, so you guys in Genesis, you, you are chapter two. Okay? You guys in chapter two. You are chapter two two. Okay? So you guys read me verse eight and nine and ten. Yeah. The man who yet formed, yeah. Yeah, that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, verse 10. Now a now a went out of go back revelations one. He showed me a river of the water of life. Pure river of the water of life. So the river that flowed out of Eden is the same river that he showed him in Revelation 22. So it is the river of the water of life. Because in the in Eden was the tree of life. So where the river of the water of life is, there must be the tree of life. Because the tree of life can only grow where the river of life is. Read Revelations. Continue. Here's Crystal, yeah? Yeah. From the throne of God. There. There it is. You saw it? Yeah. Amen. So the river that came out of Eden, what was its source? God. The throne. Because he says this river was issuing out from where? The throne of God. So where was the throne of God? In Eden. Read it, read it, read it. Read it. Yeah, yeah. Show you a pure river of life, yeah? Right, it's crystal. Yeah? Flowing from the throne of God. Proceeding from the throne of God. And of the Lamb. And of the Lamb. So, so the, the God in Genesis 2, whose river was issuing forth from his throne, is the same God and Lamb. So Jesus, Jesus and God were in Genesis 2. On their thrones. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> from the throne of God and, and the Lamb. Yeah. Through the middle of the street of the city also. In the middle of the city. The city. So Eden is a city. Ah! Read. On either side of the river, the tree of oh, life. Was there not a tree of life in the Garden of Eden? So, doesn't it look like Revelations 2 2 and Genesis 2 is the same thing? So, if Revelations 2 2 and Genesis 2 2 are the same, the throne in Genesis is not in heaven, it's in earth. <laughs> The throne of God and of the Lamb. Yeah? Through the middle. The, the, the tree of life is also there, right? Mm -hmm. Bearing what? Twelve kinds of fruit. Twelve kinds of fruit. Each fruit bearing its, 
Each tree bearing its fruit in each month. Every month. Yep. Yeah. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now wait. 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 He says, and the leaves of the tree were, the for, were for the healing of the nations. He's not saying and, he's saying where. So what is John seeing here? He's seeing Eden. That's what John is seeing because he's saying, and the leaves, the, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. In new heaven, new earth, there is no need for healing because all is made new. So what John is seeing is a past state of Eden. So when he sees it, he says, the leaves were for the healing of the nations. So the leaves in Genesis were the for healing of the nations. Who are supposed to heal the nations? Adam. Adam. So God had already made reservations for healing. Healing to take place. Right from the garden of Eden. He says, feel the earth. So what was Adam supposed to do? His headquarters is Eden. Oh, Psalm 1, 1, 10, 110. God's plan for man. Not a family. First, family comes after. This is not family. It's not family. It's dominion. It's kingship. It's rulership. Adam was born king. Adam, oh my God. Adam was born king. Are you listening to me? He was born a king. What do kings do? They have dominion over a realm. What was Adam's realm? The sea. The sea. The sea. The sea. What was Adam's realm? The air. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus comes, he calls Satan the ruler, the prince of the power of the air. When he speaks about demons, he speaks about demons in the sea. So the sea is a representation of Diablo. Ah! That is why, for as long as you live, Satan will never leave the earth. The only time Satan will never be is in the new heaven. But in the new earth, what is his representation? The sea. Because as powerful as it is, it cannot cross over. So God in Genesis is showing us the whole story. Man will rule over Satan. <laughs> Why? Because Satan, Satan, Satan is represented by the sea. When the enemy shall rise like a The spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. The standard against Satan is man. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Listen, ah. is Satan not an angel? Yes. Why hasn't God sent an angel to fight him? Aye. There's no need. God uses a lower form, dust, to show Satan. And it Diabolical forces that I will destroy you with dust. Dust infused 
good spirit. Ah! That's why it says, the Bible says he has chosen the base things of the world to confound the wisdom of this world. So everywhere Adam walked in the garden, the birds, the lions, because there was no other man, came and said, yes, master. I will show you Genesis chapter 8. God says, I will, I will, what? I will bring all the creatures of the earth to come to you. What brought the animals in Genesis chapter 8 in Noah's ark? The Bible says they came two by two. Noah did not call them. They came two by two. He was key. He was key. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Death dominion. More than sons, he wanted kings. Say, yeah, but, but it's better to be a son than a king. You cannot be a king unless you are a son. You understand? Yeah. When we say we're all sons of God. But not all of us are kings. So God's plan for man was a kingdom of kingship. Adam was the first king. That's why in Genesis chapter 1, he says, Now unto him who loved us and washed us in his own blood and made us kings and priests unto his glory. I need to read Psalm 110. Let's read that. Look at someone say, get ready for power. Get ready for power. Manifested. Manifested. In your life. In your life. life. Like you've never seen. Like you've like never, never seen. seen. It is power that deals with Satan. Mm. Not ability. Authority. <laughs> Satan does not respect your talent. <laughs> That's why many talented people belong to him. Yeah. Because talents don't scare him. Authority does. That's why God did not give Adam ability. He gave him authority. Because only authority can put Satan in his place. Some of us resemble Satan in our lives. Whenever he tries to move his zeps, come move. Authority. Hallelujah. God said to Adam, have authority over this thing. Put it in its place. Subdue it. Pastor Kebata, over the last three days. Please talk about the three days. Brothers and sisters, this is what I'm talking to you about. Because the three days is all about this. Notice. It only took three days for God to settle the score. Mm. Three days. Not 53 days. One, two, three, over. Three days. To undo the works of 6,000 years. Did it in three days. 
Think about it. He undid the work of 6,000 years in three days. If you could do it in three days, you could do it in far less time. Far less time. Because you as a man, as a female, as a woman, as a man, as you as that, got a delegated authority. Now let's read 110. The thing will continue in the evening service. Read it, please. The Lord says to my the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. The Lord said to my Lord. The Lord said to my Lord, sit down where? At my right hand. Until I I make your enemy your what? Is not earth the footstool of God? So where is his enemy? In the earth. <laughs> In the earth. And he says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies footstool. Continue reading. Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. Rule thou in the midst of your He's saying, I'm not going to remove your enemies. Because you must rule in their midst. Someone say, Oh God, cast the devil out of my house. God said, I want you to rule in his presence. Some of you, some people go to churches, the church said, We 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 must do a a a, a demonic spring cleaning in your house. They call it prophetic spring cleaning. And they come and cast out the devil in the house and cast their play games. <laughs> the only place, the only place we read in the Bible where Jesus cast out demons were out of the bodies of people. But in the earth, they can roam freely. Because the reason why God does not want them in your body because your body is his temple. Your body is not made for the habitations of demons. Amen. But outside they can reign. Why? Because you can't reign, brothers and sisters, without an enemy. Some of you are going through tough times. Tough times. Afflicted in your body. In your lives. And you wonder, God, where are you? You wonder, Lord, where are you? It's hard. It's tough. I can't handle this. It's rough. God, where are you? Paul says, I cried to the Lord to remove this thing. I cried three times. Lord, remove this thing. Lord. And the third time, God was tired of hearing Paul asking about this thing. He says, I'll not remove it. My grace is sufficient. <laughs> When he, when he cried the third time, God was tired. He was tired. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Did he say remove it? No. Was it ever removed? No. Why should you be praying? God, show me my authority. 
God, show me my authority. Because he says, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your true enemies are demonic. They are unseen. They are evil spirits. Those are your true enemies. They may use friends. They may use people. But, but what remains is that those are your true enemies. But he says, rule. Rule them. Look at Jesus. They say, don't cast us out. Throw us into this gold. They ask, what do we have to do with you, oh Jesus? He says, shut up and come out. He asked him, how long has been suffering like this? He says, for many years. He says, you deaf and dumb spirit, come out and return no more. Oh. Jesus died for your kingship. <laughs> for your kingship. For your kingship. Today, if you believe in Jesus, the authority he has is yours. You believe Jesus can change anything, right? You believe Jesus can affect anything. He says, I believe you can change anything. In the same way you believe, in the same way you say, Lord, I believe you can do it. He's saying, son, daughter, I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. He says, my people suffer. Because they lack knowledge. They are destroyed because they lack knowledge. Adam died, but Adam is alive today. So many people don't understand. Adam is alive. He's living. Jesus gave him life. He believes in Jesus. <laughs> Yet he was supposed to be the physical image of the invisible Jesus. That's why Jesus came. We'll continue this in the next coming services. Let's all rise on our feet. Lift up your hands and thank God. Praise Him. Praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Yeah, 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 we love you, Lord. Yeah. Come on, us. Marab desechega bodos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rabba sote karabarasai. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Hey, glory. 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 Some of you need to turn around in your life. Right? You need to turn around. Brothers and sisters, there is hope. There is hope. You know, second service, I'm going to be praying for people. I'm not going to pray now. I'm going to pray second service. So if you need prayer, we pray for you second service. But last week I was admitted. We had a really meeting in Durban. So this lady, she comes up to me. So as she's walking, you could you could almost feel
feel that she was pain. Her whole body was pain. So I asked her, woman, 